1: The only toll-free call-in webcast produced specifically for Celtics fans. Celtics Stuff Live.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to Celtics Stuff Live. And I've got a guest host this week. Johns, the Duke, is taking a little time off. And I have Jimmy Toscano with me. You've seen him on CLNS Radio's Garden Report. You've also seen his uh, material on CSNNE and Metro Boston. Jimmy, you know, I'm pretty excited to have you on here. We're not going to have a guest. It's just going to be you and me. And uh, we're going to bat some topics around as we prepare for the NBA draft lottery on Tuesday night. And it's not a night that's traditionally been very nice to the Celtics, necessarily. So uh, we'll obviously get into that a little bit. Um, There's a lot of talk, and we're all kind of building up, and there's articles out there talking uh, about Danny Ainge and and what he wants to do. I don't think any of us expects anything immediate, but like I said, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs and the impact on this offseason. Celtics fans expecting quite a bit from... The next six months, I think, leading up into next season, a lot of fingers are crossed. A lot of hope that the salary cap increase is going to be able to make a difference, that Brad Stevens, his cachet in the league as a rising star, is going to be able to pull something for the Celtics. But we're going to talk all this and more with Jimmy Toscano in as my guest host here on Celtics Stuff Live. Jimmy, welcome. And, uh, you know, I, I know the Duke doesn't really get jealous or nervous, but uh, I, think, uh, I think we've had you on for some extended interviews in the past, and you do a great job.
1: I got to say, John John's going to be shaking his boots right now. I don't know if he's heard of uh, Wally Pitt, but uh, the last time he uh, took a break, it was the last we heard of him over there in, in New York. But, um, hey, excited to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> excited to be on the show. Uh, I think we're gonna have a. Uh, uh, to talk about is exciting, exciting times uh, right now, and uh, a little nervous time. And it's kind of like that. It's just sort of like that waiting period where there's there's nothing you can really do but just wait for the ping pong balls to fire. Now I know we're gonna talk a little bit about that later, but uh, definitely excited to uh, to chat some Celts today with you guys. Uh, with you, I should say. And you know what? We don't need a, we don't need a guest today because when you have a show. With me and with you, I mean it's really you really can't get it much better than that. You don't want to ruin it with a guest.
0: No, and you know what? As we were talking about John, I will let you know that there was a brief moment. And keep in mind, we only just got restarted up in January, but there was this brief moment. And I'm sure you're familiar with Red's Army's um, uh, podcast, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rain and Jays. Uh, yeah. John defected, and were it not for you know, a, a very early on personality clash, and maybe I'd say the first 10 minutes of his inaugural show, you know, he might have left me here all by myself, you know. So that's wow. where loyalty will get you. I'm just saying, you know, the Wally Puff <laughs> thing, I mean, who knows?
1: That's a good point. Nah, we, we love John. He's a, he's a uh, great guy, Great, a great Twitter follow, too, if you're not following him, I think. He's a, one of the most, uh, one of the more passionate, uh, along with you, of course, but he's one of the more passionate Celtics fans out there, he's not afraid to mix it up on Twitter with the uh, with the writers and call them out and whatnot. So he's uh, it's good to uh, pick his brain on Celtics stuff all the time. Absolutely.
0: All right, everybody. Well, welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio video coverage <laughs> for Boston sports, Jimmy Toscano, guest hosting this week. Got to do a quick shout out to our sponsor, Loot Crate. The onslaught of big summer blockbusters makes May the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and objects. So if you're into what Loot Crate has to offer, you've got to support this show. They've got something you can carry, something for your kitchen, and a cool figure to go with their monthly tee and pin featuring two Marvel teams plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z. No one crate should have all of this power. So here's how it works with Loot Crate. It's a monthly subscription for box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. And that's for less than $20 a month. You can get 68 items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. And honestly, if you're a listener of Celtic Stuff Live, this is how you can support our show. If you're already purchasing these items, I just ask that you purchase them through Loot Crate. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So just head on over there, lootcrate.com backslash CLNS radio. You enter our promo code, and this is how we get credit. Uh, This is how you support our show by entering in the uh, promo code CLNS, and that will save you $3 a month on any new subscription. Uh, Jimmy, let's get into it. Kevin Durant, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Here is uh, the big wish list, and I know this topic it's really been beat to death, but I can't not talk about it. And I guess we'll Gotta. say it two, two different ways. Got to talk about it. Now that they're going to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors, and actually, I mean, Curry's been awesome, but you have to wonder. Uh, you know, there's. I think that, that series could be a little bit more competitive than we would have originally thought. I know Curry looked awesome in his, his game first game back with the Warriors, but you never know, it's uh, injuries and, and health are always a wild card. But because they're in the Western Conference Finals, because they got by the Spurs, because everybody thought that maybe Durant was an option if the Spurs spanked him and that didn't happen, does that mean Durant's completely out of play? But I think the real question is, was he ever really in play or are we all just kind of dreaming here?
1: Okay, so I am going to say that I absolutely think he – was in play. I do believe that's the case because why not? Why 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 can't he be in play? And I know you can point to history and say, well, the Celtics have never drafted a free agent and or you know a superstar free agent. I'm sorry, they've never signed a superstar free agent, and that's true. But it's not just because they're in the Northeast and they're in the Boston Celtics. There's a lot of outside factors and the time. It's timing more than anything. The Celtics haven't had the money. It hasn't been the right time to. You know, bring on one of those guys, maybe when they were ready for it, they weren't they weren't available. There's not many superstars, generally speaking that leave their that leave their teams. you know those those teams do all they can to keep them and the salary cap and the cBA is now designed for that to be more enticing to stay where you are. That said, what was going on with the thunder was. They were just good enough to be a, a really good team, but never good enough to compete with the Spurs. Never good in, they weren't going to be good enough to beat the you know the Warriors, and they weren't they weren't going to the NBA Finals, and they weren't uh, a championship contending team up until now, it seems. Because now what you have there is that was a that was an amazing series that the Thunder played against the Spurs. You can say the Spurs looked a little bit off, but you got to credit the Thunder for getting them off of their game, and Durant clearly. You know, along with Westbrook, you know those those guys are the two reasons they are where they are. And when Westbrook sort of stepped aside there in that game four, I believe it was, and let Durant just go crazy and do his thing in Oklahoma City, it was tough watching that game and thinking he's gonna leave there because you could see how much energy was in that building. You know, because then you could see how badly they wanted to win that game. They won it. They went on to win the series. Worst case scenario, if you're a Celtics fan, hoping for Durant to come to Boston. that 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 is not what you wanted to see. You wanted to see the Spurs handle the Thunder with relative ease. And all of a sudden, you know, and if you're Kevin Durant, you're back where you were the last few seasons, you know, leaving the postseason early and wondering, you know, if you guys are ever going to be good enough. That would have been ideal. Then I was hoping, okay, the, the Thunder are up three to two. Everything's in their favor. However, if they lose, in yeah. six and Game seven, that's that's your best case scenario if you're a Celtics fan because if you're the Thunder right there, you're like you had them and you had the Spurs where you wanted them, then you went home and you lost and you lost Game seven. That obviously didn't happen either. It was the complete opposite. They blew up the they blew up the Spurs and now they're going to West Conference Finals. The only thing I think that can save, you know, that that still gives the Celtics a chance at Durant is if. The Thunder get blown away by the by the Warriors, and I mean like embarrassed by the Warriors. Whether you know four games, maybe five, and it's you know some of them aren't even really that close. I think then the season ends on a sour note. Nobody's talking about the Spurs series as much. It's what have you done for me lately? And I think at that point you you at least have a puncher's chance. Maybe you still get that um, that interview that reportedly the Celtics were expecting to get from Durant. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna completely rule it out yet. What about you?
0: Well, I, here's what I think. Uh, first off, we know Oklahoma City had a lot of turmoil in the front office, so you have to kind of, you know, throughout the season, you almost have to wonder how much of an impact that had. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I agree. The real, the only way Durant leaves is if they get embarrassed by Golden State, like a sweep, and it's not mm-hmm. even close, and it looks like you know, they're more than one piece away. But even if they lose to the Golden State Warriors, if it's a competitive series, and make no mistake, the NBA wants it to be one. So you almost, you almost sort of see that being manufactured. I mean, look at how many moving screens Draymond Green gets away with, right? So maybe, maybe he'll get away with just even that many more, or maybe they'll get a little bit stricter on him because people are complaining about it. Everybody's talking about it everybody notices it at this point so there are things they're going to want close you know,
1: they're going to want close games for
0: sure they're going to want close games so i, I don't think it's going to be a total blowout having said that um, players transcend certain moments regardless and curry could certainly do that clay thompson's had a really nice series uh, it's not like it's in, an impossibility but at the end of the day i almost think like this offseason jimmy and you tell me what you think i think they're going to be able to say we're only one piece away and they're going to have cap space to sign somebody because of the increase in the salary cap just as much. So you almost think that what OKC says is hey, we just need one more player. Kevin, give us a little bit of time to bring somebody in and then we'll bring you back and, you know, we're we're just continuing forward. You know, Westbrook's young, Durant's young. Here's where everybody likes to make the comparison between Durant and Garnett, but Garnett was getting older. And Minnesota had decided to move on. I don't see OKC wanting to move on from Durant by any means. And number two, the team's really not that old, and neither is Durant. So it's it's it seems like there's plenty of time on the table. I'm not so sure Durant was. You know, I'd always have put the odds at way less than ten percent. You know that it was, right. but it was it was a ten percent that was there. And we've seen Danny work some magic and say wait, he could have gone to Durant and said, hey, wait a second, you're the missing piece. Because now we have Jimmy Butler here in Boston or something along those lines. But I think it's – I still think it was a little bit of a, a – quite a bit of a long shot.
1: Sure. I think I think the the heavy favorite was always Durant going back to Oklahoma City. And then you heard about he potentially could go maybe, maybe the Spurs are a good fit or maybe the Warriors are a good fit, which I never thought was uh, a good idea for him to jump on with the Warriors. I mean, that's just – that's just gluttony right there. If you're if you're gonna bring oh, it yeah. on. I mean, uh, I never thought that was, was a possibility. But then you hear about maybe the going back to his hometown, the Wizards, and then and then people said, well, he doesn't really want to go play, you know, at his hometown. So I always thought the Celtics made sense. They're a team, uh, as we saw many times this year, that you know when they're playing with that energy and with that fight, they can beat the best teams in the league. And we saw them going to Golden State and do that. They do, however, lack that go-to superstar scorer and i know isaiah thomas is an all-star and he is their best scorer but we know that he's not enough we know that they need another guy to default to uh, down the stretch you know a sw- you know a, a swing player a bigger guy um and durant obviously could you know fits fits that mold and if he wanted to go to the eastern conference and compete every year with uh you know, with the Cavs and LeBron James, assuming he stays in Cleveland, if he wanted to do that and, and really increase his chances at getting to the NBA Finals and then seeing what happens from there, then Boston wouldn't make sense. But you're right; it, it was it was you know the percentage is, is low because it just doesn't happen that often. And I do think um, there I do think that out of you know a handful of teams, if, if Durant goes on a handful of interviews, I think the Celtics should be one of those teams. Does that make them a favorite? Absolutely not. But uh, if Danny Ainge can uh, you know, pick pick Durant's brain. We don't know what Durant's even looking for for a contract. Is he going to do that one-year deal? Is he signing a one-year deal this off-season? If that's the case, uh, then you know maybe the Celtics get another chance uh, down the road to pitch him. But uh, I, I do think I do think they had a they had a a slim, a smaller chance at you know getting him in for an interview and and at least the possibility of signing him. But although it's small, it's, I still think it was one of the bigger. One of the bigger ones in the NBA, even though I think the Spur, uh, the, the Thunder, were a heavy favorite. Um, but yeah, listen, I see when, what you're you, saying.
0: If Durant was yeah. going to leave OKC, you think the Celtics were the best or one of the best likely landing spots? And let's face it, if they do get him in the door, it's really just the pitch is legacy, right? I mean, Isaiah right. Thomas is going to be, you know, uh, what guest? He's going to be a guest on the Eastern Conference Finals games three and four, I believe. So he's going to be pitching legacy. You know, Brad Stevens, already the articles out there are him talking about, you know, hey, this place is about legacy. And then we see, I I saw a really good article on the vertical the other day talking about what went wrong in Orlando and how the front office has to be in step with the head coach. The Celtics have always done a very nice job of pulling, even when there was, some differences of opinion between doc rivers and Danny ange and you know maybe one could assume mike zarin as well who knows right but Mm -hmm. a healthy organization allows for those those disagreements it doesn't impact what happens on the floor and then you know things get done and and you go out and you do your best to win i think the celtics have a very good reputation of a being extremely loyal to the head coach and B, it's out there that they're not micromanaging Brad Stevens. I think that's another sell. Like organizationally, they're very they're a, they're a loyal organization, which ties into the theme about legacy. And Brad has continued to say, "I'm just letting the players be who they are," and I think that's where Isaiah Thomas comes in. I mean, this is a very interesting sort of move. You almost wonder if Isaiah, if the Celtics, I think it's TNT that he's going to be on. Um, but you almost wonder if the Celtics didn't reach out to TNT and say, "Hey, we'd like to make Isaiah Thomas available to be able to broadcast <laughs> Everybody who's playing in the Western Conference Finals could be watching those games.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, the more the more publicity your superstar guy can get, and you and talking positively about your you know your organization, the better. I mean, and, and we saw what he wrote about the Celtics in the Players Tribune about a month or two month or so ago. Um, he loves it here and and let 's be real I mean he probably had no idea anything about Boston, you know growing up being, a, being that he grew up on the west coast and he went to college out there um you know, there's no reason for him uh to know a whole lot about i mean, and I know he played some prep some prep school ball uh down this way, but in terms of boston he 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 probably was going in with you know he may have even been negative about the trade who knows what you know what he was thinking about Boston going from. Going up from Phoenix, I know he wanted out of Phoenix then, but it's really been, you know, to him. I think I think he, he calls it a blessing that he came to Boston. He has nothing but things to say. And you're right; it's all about the legacy and it's all about the history. And I think if Durant, you know, does get that meeting, he walks into the building, you know, whether it's uh, you know the Celtics practice facility or wherever it may be, he walks into the room, and there better be, you know, 20 Celtics legends lined up to, you know, shake his hand and and tell him. You know how badly they want him here, and that he can be the next legend, and show him where his number is going to go. You know when they retire it, and all this stuff. You really got to pitch these guys in, in today's day and age. So I hope that if the Celtics do get that, um, get that meeting, and, and who knows if they will? I mean, who knows how the series is going to play out? Um, hopefully, they, they. You know, I'm sure they have a bunch of a bunch of ideas to really entice him, but it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, you got to think he's at least going to take a couple of meetings, just exploratory, maybe right. try to keep it a little quiet. But let's ask this question, okay? So not just Durant, but any free agent. It's still what most Celtics fans would hope would happen in the offseason, that the Celtics add some pieces, maybe through trade, maybe through free agent signings. Uh, probably everybody would like to see both, maybe even two free agent signings and a trade. Like There's so many options out there. It's really the, the so much cap flexibility, so many picks, so many assets, so many youth. That and even a guy like Terry Rozier makes, and I hate to say this, and we don't have to go down this road quite yet, but I'm going to tee it up for later. It's almost like the play of Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart make it so that maybe you could could move a guy like Avery Bradley. I'm not saying we want to, and I know mm-hmm. there's going to be you know people on Twitter killing me for this, but at some point we just only have so much room for excellent undersized defensive guards who are combo guards, right? So. Uh, there's an ability to move some of these attractive pieces and Bradley is extremely attractive, especially it's too bad. He got injured in the series against Atlanta because it only would have raised his stock. And that's where I want to go with, you know, with, with this dialogue, Jimmy, tell me what your thoughts are. My thinking is that this Atlanta series, thank God they had some injuries because I think they can explain it away a little bit when they're wooing these free agents because Atlanta just went and got stomped on by Cleveland. Now, never mind that Cleveland had an easy first round and they got rested up. They stomped. They stomped Atlanta, in my opinion. Absolutely. Had the uh, Celtics been healthy, lost to the Hawks, and then the Hawks suffered the same kind of defeat they get did against Cleveland. That does not help the Celtics' pitch that they're only one piece away.
1: No, I agree with you. I mean, it was kind of, it was a, it was kind of eye opening to watch how overmatched the Hawks' war in that series against Cleveland after they somewhat overmatched the Celtics the series before. You kind of think, well, wait a second here. Like, the Celtics this far away from, from the Cavaliers. Would they have gotten, they have gotten swept or, or would they have gotten smoked the same way the, the Hawks did? You hope not. But LeBron James, I'll tell you what, you know, it's, it's as maddening of a, of a human being as he may be to some, when it gets into the playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> when you get into the playoffs, that guy, he just goes into... You know, enough, he goes to another level. He really does.
0: Beast mode.
1: He Absolutely. Really does. It's like
0: it's like a cheat. It's like you know, for the for the old people on here who used to play Contra with unlimited lives. You know, it's that up up down <laughs> down left right left right A B A start, and the next thing you know, it's like he's unstoppable. You can't kill him.
1: Yeah. So I mean, are the are the Celtics that far away? I, I would say no. I mean, the injuries did hurt. Losing Avery Bradley was a killer. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was playing banged up. Jay Crowder was playing banged up. He couldn't hit a shot off series. Kelly Olenek couldn't play. So the Celtics were hurting a little bit. I think a healthy Celtics team competes and probably gets past the Hawks. And I think, I'd like to think they maybe win a game, maybe two against the Cavs. I mean, they did beat him in the regular season, but the Cavs are a better team. They've got the best player, arguably the best player in the NBA. Or obviously, Steph Curry could be one and LeBron could be two. Um, and, you know, with the supporting cast of Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving's playing great right now. The bench is helping out. I mean, the Cavs, the other thing the Cavs have going for them right now is they've just got a bunch of rest now. They've had a lot of rest, right, because they blow out, the, uh, they blow out their first two, first two teams they played, and now they're waiting on uh, Toronto and Miami, and they're probably going to end up blowing out whichever one of those two teams they play next in the Eastern Conference Finals because neither team right there is playing great. So the Celtics are a ways away, and that's why, this offseason is, you know, so important to them and so important to everybody following along because everyone's looking for progress. And now you've, you've won 48 games. Okay, well, what's progress in there? Obviously, you got to get out of the first round next year. One way, one way or the other, you got to get out of the first round. You maybe even got to get, you know, you want to put a good bid in for that second round. But in order to do that, I don't think you can return the same team that you had and just hope for health again. You do need to go outside of the current roster whether it's free agency or whether it's trade, and I think that's what they're hoping to do. It's just hard for them I, now. The, the way the lottery balls are going to fall are going to determine a lot. I think if it's a, the number one or number two pick, they'll explore trade options. But Danny Ainge isn't going to just trade number one or number two for some for you know for some guy just because he's the only guy available. They'll make the pick and they'll and they'll hold on they'll hold on to that pick and they'll see where they go from there. And I know. That might disappoint a lot of Celtics fans who are looking for a superstar right now. But if a superstar can't be had, you kinda have to hope that you know a guy like Simmons or Ingram down the road could be potentially one of those types of
0: stars. They need a shooter. I mean or maybe I'll pose the maybe I'll I'll pose it this way. Everybody seems to think that to cure the Celtics ills is they need somebody who can be in the starting lineup, who fits sort of an opening, who can knock down threes. Now, here's the problem. you got Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder. So you've already got the one, two, and three spots completely filled. That's typically where you're going to get your shooters. So uh, Avery Bradley, they obviously missed him. Maybe Jay Crowder. Those two guys healthy, they can hit down enough threes to spread the floor. But they really do need another shooter. Maybe it's Kelly Olenek. I don't think it's out of the question, to your point, I don't know. that they don't sign a free agent and they don't do anything but make the picks. Maybe I can see them taking 16 and 23 and trading them for future first-round picks and just stowing the extra picks for the future. I think mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty high likelihood if they don't package them. But so let's say they don't make any major moves in the draft, maybe the lottery you know, goes their way or they stay break-even at number three, and we'll get into the lottery in a minute, but I want your take on this. Let's say they don't do anything. It's going to be really hard for them to solve the shooting problem heading into next season. I think, you know, if they do, let's say they they get number one overall, right? We know Simmons isn't a three-ball shooter, but he could play the four, and, you know, if he was a shooter, that would help out. Who are you taking? Are you going to take – ingram or jalen brown are you going to go buddy healed because you're just like dude if we can get somebody in on this club that can knock down who's a scorer, who's a pure scorer and can knock down three pointers that will at least provide enough of an upgrade next year even if they're coming off the bench next year maybe they're earning more minutes however it is is that what you want this club to do or do you want them to just say you know what we're going to take the most talented guy we're going to plug him in the best that we can and maybe next season we don't perform as a, any better than we did this year, but we still get the cap space. What if if they don't make a major move? What's your direction, or what's your preferred direction for the club?
1: Well, it depends on what what pick they have, right? I mean, if they have one of the top two picks, it's, you're either going to take Simmons or Ingram for sure. Um, I do I do know that you know the stretch big, the outside shooting big now is is a hot commodity in the NBA, and that's why Bender is going to be you know roughly he could be a top five pick and i know they'd be interested in him how many but how many shooters can the Celtics draft i mean they drafted james young he doesn't he appears to be a bust they drafted rj hunter and you know we're still waiting to see what's what's up with him if they go with healed you know they've got a bunch of shooters on their team and none of them shoot so i don't you know i don't know how many of those guys they can hoard on their team i think Ange is going to pick the best player available if he can't flip the pick uh, otherwise that's you know, historically speaking, what he's done. If he draft, if he takes another guard, he'll take another guard, and the Celtics will absolutely look to trade, make some trades in the offseason. I mean, they have eight draft picks coming up here. Um, there are a lot of teams. Um, you know, there's I think there's nine teams uh, without a first round pick, and there's even more than that without a second round pick. And the Celtics have a ton of picks, and I can see them definitely trading out of the draft if. You know, maybe not that very that first pick if if they're not just going to do it for the for the heck of it. But those later first rounders, like you were mentioning, and those and those second rounders, if they can flip some of those picks, they will because they already have, you know, all the picks from last year are still on the team. They've got ones from before then, and they've got such a young team where and with eight picks coming up. I mean, you don't have enough roster spots for these guys. You don't want to sell them, you know, twenty five cents on the dollar. So if he can flip them in advance, I think that's. That's definitely the play. Um,
0: so you don't buy into the fact that they have to get a shooter this year. You would, you would be draft, okay yeah. if they just stay. Well, let's but let's say no free agent pickup in the draft. They take best player available. They get the second overall pick. They wind up taking Simmons who won't, I mean, I think Simmons could fill a need and, and, you know, he could play that power forward position or, or maybe, you know, we got some flexibility with Jay Crowder, no matter who they take, but let's say we take a guy who really doesn't have a three point shot. Are you okay with sort of a break even next year with more talent on the team?
1: I mean, am I okay with it? I don't know. I mean, I, I would accept the, I would accept, you know, their fate if that's what happened. I mean, if, I don't think I, ideally that's not what they're looking for, right? I mean, we all know that they're trying to improve as best they can, and they're "quote unquote" ahead of schedule. But it still feels like they may, you know, it, it's it's funny how you can go from ahead of schedule to behind schedule or stagnant or whatnot. You do want them to see to to grab a shooter in in some way, shape, or form, whether it's trade or free agency. I don't think they're they know they're not going to correct their shooting problems with you know through the draft next year. I mean, rookies. Uh, generally speaking, they're not going to, you know, take take this league by storm and start throwing up to all these ridiculous numbers, especially on a Celtics team that, you know, they they do have they don't they they do have players who are, you know, I would say plus players for them, but they are replaceable. I mean, you know, Avery Bradley is a guy that is a huge help, but if they could upgrade there, I think they would consider it. Same with Jay Crowder. Uh, Crowder is a great a great player, but if if you had if you got a um, a superstar a star. Um, at one of his positions or a small forward or whatever, he would go to the bench and, and he would be a great guy coming off the bench, especially if Evan Turner's not coming back. That's not really a shot of Jake Crowder. I mean, he would, you know, he was, he, that was his role for you know a good amount of time last year. He can put, he can be a starter, but he's not going to be, in my opinion, he's not going to ever be an all-star. So if you're looking to upgrade that position, you absolutely can. And you can turn him into a six man of the year type player coming off the bench Going in, playing multiple positions, coming, you know, being the token energy guy, the defense guy, I I can see that being like the ideal situation. The problem is, you know, who you're gonna who are you gonna bring in? Who who is that guy? It's really kind of impossible to say. Um, and and we're just gonna have to wait and see. I think mean, it starts on Tuesday with the lottery. But even after that happens, you're still gonna you're still gonna be wondering. Okay, well, what are they gonna do with the pick? Do they want to make the pick? Do they want to trade it? Who's available for a trade? You know what? You know what free agents out there? Do they have cap space? And, and they do, but they have other decisions they have to make too with uh, guys like Jarebko and Amir Johnson. So there's just so many different ways they can go. And and I know we we love we love talking about it, but it's it's impossible to sort of think. I mean, ideally, yeah, I'd love i love to see him get a shooter. Who that might be right now? It's it's impossible to say.
0: Yeah, it's it's really overwhelming to think about all the different possibilities. And you know, all right, we have to talk about the lottery, so that's on cue. And then you mentioned, what about all of these players? They have to make decisions on depending on the the domino effect. It's just crazy. There's just so many dominoes and so many different paths that the Celtics can go down. It's it's almost overwhelming. We need one or two of the dominoes to fall. So we can get to a point where we can start to say what would be a good next move or what does it look like? Uh, real quick, just a reminder to everybody, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter by following myself at CSL underscore Justin or following Duke at CSL underscore Duke. And then our Twitter page uh, or our Twitter account at CSL underscore Tweet Live and all of CLNS Radio's content at CLNS radio. Uh Jimmy Toscano joining me. You can follow him on Twitter at Jimmy underscore Toscano. You can find CLNS on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash CLNS fans. Don't forget we have a CLNS radio app for iOS and Android as well. All you have to do is go into your app marketplace and search CLNS radio. And of course all of Jared Weiss's content and I believe quite a few cameos from my co-host today, Jimmy Toscano, on <laughs> yeah. the Garden Report this year. You do a fantastic job, Jimmy. Appreciate it. And uh, they, can, they can find all that YouTube content on our channel, youtube.com backslash CLNS Radio, which also, not only the Garden Report, but locker room interviews, full-length locker room interviews. And, and live content is something that we began to do towards the end of the year as well, and I know we're going to be carrying that into next season, but... For now, we've got a lot of entertaining things to talk about. The offseason is going to be interesting. And then all of a sudden, we're going to go from like 0 to 60 from Tuesday night after the draft lottery up until the draft in June through free agency into maybe mid-July. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be dead quiet. And we're all going to be like, what are we going to talk about? What's going on? Uh, so it's always funny to me how this offseason ride goes. But let's talk about this, Jimmy, because you had a really nice article you had up on CSNNE, and I liked all of the uh, the graphics that went along with it. It was produced really nicely. The history of teams with the third best uh, odds in the lottery really hasn't always been kind. And even when they've stood pat, you know, you get a guy like Adam Morrison, like ugh. And uh, and let's not forget since we talked about Oklahoma City uh, and the Spurs. Tim Duncan says he's going to figure out life before he decides whether or not he might retire. Um, I would think he might come back for just one more year, a la the way that David Lee passed the torch to Duncan back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I would expect maybe one more season to pass the torch to rockets Aldridge. What did I say? David Lee. David Lee?
1: <laughs>
0: that's classic i did uh i did a marcus banks drop in two shows ago over marcus smart and today i dropped david lee
1: i'll allow, complete... the marcus banks one. I'll allow that one that, those, those are dark you things. could allow
0: that one but but david lee that's kind of a disrespectful <laughs> thing to david robinson
1: a little bit like, yeah that should
0: be strict record or or maybe i should pay a fine like i should be fined <laughs> By the Boston Celtics Podcast Association, yep. like I should definitely, like what, like maybe a hundred bucks, or yeah, maybe okay. I could take David Robinson bucks. out for dinner. I mean, that that'd be okay.
1: I, I think I think David Lee needs to take you out for dinner since he he made a pretty pretty hefty sum of money this year, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he was worth all that.
0: Yeah, David Lee should pay my fine. Exactly. Yep, I agree. I agree. So I think Duncan will stick around, but nobody can forget. How horrible that went for the Celtics! Uh, excellent odds and totally, totally miss on the Duncan sweepstakes, and and now yeah. I can remember when we traded for Ray Allen. Another night that was absolutely deflating was yep. sliding from two to five. Couldn't have gotten any worse. And the option on the table that was being hotly debated was Yi Jianlian, who Oof, you know obviously was wasn't going to cut the monster. You know this time that season. We were saying Durant or Odin, Durant or Odin. and now we're doing Ingram Simmons, Ingram Simmons. But the truth is, is the Celtics could take another significant hit here.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it is the truth. Unfortunately, Celtics fans aren't gonna aren't gonna want to hear it. I can't blame them. The third, you know, the third best lottery odds. Statistically speaking, your best odds are for the fourth and fifth pick out of out of one through six, you can you can the worst you can get is six. And if the Celtics end up with six, they are just permanently cursed in, in the NBA lottery because there's only a four percent chance that they can end up with the sixth pick. But when it comes to the the fourth and the fifth picks, those percentages, those odds are greater than first, second and third. So Celtics fans should expect uh, the fourth or fifth pick on Tuesday. They have to hope for something better, which kind of stinks when when you think about it. Um, yeah, sure. When you when you so it's a twenty two point six percent chance they end up with the fourth pick. Twenty six point five percent chance they end up with the fifth pick. So right there, that's almost fifty percent. There's almost a fifty percent chance they end up with four or five. There's a forty seven percent chance they end up with one, two, or three. But those percentages broken down are you know a shade under sixteen percent for each of those three picks. So you got to get lucky, and you know everyone knows you got to get lucky with the lottery, and that's you know that's absolutely true with the Celtics. They haven't been lucky; they've been screwed. Go all the way back to Duncan, and and, and you know missing out on that franchise-altering pick, and then you go back again to uh, Odin Duran. Now we know how that worked out. Um, you almost wonder if you'd rather have it that way because of you know the the you know great great years of basketball we all got with with Garnett and Allen, which you wouldn't have gotten. Uh, if they ended up with Duran or Odin. So you kind of take that one. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe it's a wash there. but um,
0: Softens the blow. Yeah, it softens, softens the, blow. the blow.
1: Softens the blow for sure, the way things ended up. But that night was just, I can remember sitting on my couch and just, I, I was like, it was like a maniacal laugh. I was just beside myself with, and lot. it was
0: Tommy that was there, right? Yeah, Tommy was, with with just a disgusted Tommy. look on his
1: face. Yeah. Poor Tommy, he he didn't deserve that that night. Poor Tommy, but um, <laughs> you gotta hope Isaiah Thomas can bring us some luck. You you gotta hope that he can, you know, because he's representing the Celtics, and hopefully he's got some good juju working his way. Um, side note about the lottery, you know who else is going in the lottery? Jimmy Butler. Interesting to go Um, hang
0: out with our buddy Isaiah Thomas. I I like that.
1: I think there's a lot of down. I think there's gonna be some downtime at this letter. I don't. I don't. You know, from what I've heard, it's not the uh, the most entertaining couple of hours of your life. I think there's a lot of standing around. So maybe those two can uh, shoot the breeze for a bit. Talk about you know life. Talk about maybe life in Boston and how great it is, and maybe Jimmy Butler. And get uh, sold on the idea that maybe uh, Boston's a nice little spot for him if he feels like uh, a trade needs to happen in Chicago. Who knows? Who knows?
0: All right, so let's take. All right, let the Celtics get the number one overall pick. We know they want to. We know they want to move it. But you, you know, you're not getting Jimmy Butler for just the number one overall pick. Even I don't think. I think you're still going to have to put oh, maybe a player in play. Um, I think another guy that might be likely to trade it that's less talked about is somebody like Blake Griffin. I know he's got another injury, uh, but he's still young, and he fought through that, that injury, what was it, The at the end of his first season yep. in the league, and then he bounced back. So uh, we've seen him be able to overcome injuries and come back at a high level of play, and he's still young. You know, we even hear about uh, Jaleel Okafor in Philadelphia being a possible uh, trade target for Danny. That came up at the deadline. A lot of different guys, you know, that that might be traded for. Hell, even if Kevin Durant goes to OKC and says, "Look, I I do want to go." Like, let's say somehow he gets moved to Boston, he might even feel indebted to do more of a sign and trade scenario, just so he doesn't leave his buddy Westbrook and OKC in the lurch entirely. And there would still be benefits to the Celtics because they'd still have all this cap space by moving contracts in said sign and trade. So. But, but, I, you know, I'm thinking with the lottery, I, I, it's not a topic you can really exhaust, right? It's, hey, it hasn't been kind to us before. We're hoping it'll be kind to us this year. Isaiah's going to be there. But even if they, they – maybe he's talking to Butler that all of a sudden the Celtics get the number one overall pick and, and that becomes an option. But there's going to be a player that's got to be moved with this pick, in my opinion. If we're going to bring back anything, you know, like a Jimmy Butler – Somebody's going to have to go. Who yeah. do you think is the most sure. likely player to get packaged in that kind of a – I mean, I know who I think. And, and I, I have a top two slash three that I think are most likely to be traded. But who do you think is the most likely?
1: Well, I think, first of all, everyone's tradable, right? We know, we know there's no untouchables on the team, uh, first and foremost. I think, depending on who you're getting back, yeah. I mean, you need to match a certain amount of salary. Guys I think are expendable are the guards we talked about. Smart is expendable. Bradley is expendable. Um, I don't think they want to trade Isaiah Thomas. I really think they want to keep him uh, if they bring in another star. You can't trade uh, you know, all your other great players to bring on one or else you're just right back where you started. Um, they probably don't really want to trade Crowder at all because he's, you know, he can do so much for them on both ends. He's got a great contract. Um, Olenek they would trade. Um, I don't know what you could really get for him coming off an injury, and he's not making that much to begin with. Um, Jerebko and um, Amir, they, they, you know they those guys are on options, so they're off, they're out. Um,
0: Hold on, it, can Amir be moved? Can they pick up the option and then trade him, or by picking up the option, does that make him untradeable?
1: I think they, there's a, there'd be a waiting period once they picked up the option. I'm not 100 percent sure, and then I, I should know. Like a happen. base year compensation kind of clause. Yeah, once they pick it up, I I I, I don't know if, if there's a. Certain waiting period that they have to wait until they are allowed to trade him again. Once they do pick up the option, um, I don't know that
0: either. But that's a good question.
1: Yeah, um, the the thing with the Celtics is like a lot of their contracts are, are you know low money contracts. So they're gonna if they're bringing on a guy with that's making big money, they're gonna have to package multiple guys. You know whether that's you know I think they'd love to get rid of James Young. You know they don't really care much for him. It's obvious. It's pretty obvious to me that they don't care much for him. Um, but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to end up coming down to, you know, Bradley, Smart, Crowder, you know, those guys that have some, that have some, you know, that you can actually get something for, you know, it, as Celtics, you know, as a lot of Celtics fans, they say, oh, trade, you know, you know, Jordan Mickey and RJ Hunter for, you know, Kevin Love and, you know, make the money work. Like, <laughs> it's not going to, that's just not how it, you know, they obviously tend to overvalue their own guys, but opposing teams, they're not going to want to get fleeced if they're giving up you know, one of their best guys. And I mentioned Kevin Love there because I do think Kevin Love can still be an option. I know he, he's not really being talked about right now because the Cavs are playing so well, but if they lose, whether it's they lose in the, Eastern Conference the NBA finals, um, I think that's going to be a, a, you know, a hot button issue again is, you know, what can the Cavs do? You know, do the Cavs need to reset in a sense that, you know, they clearly don't have a good enough team to beat the Warriors. So, you know, it doesn't sound like, you know, it doesn't seem like LeBron and Love are, you know, they're not besties by any means. And, there's always going to be that chatter if you know love's being used uh, in the best way over there in Cleveland. So I wouldn't sleep on the love rumors picking back up this summer either. Especially you know once once Durant makes a decision and assuming that you know the chances are it won't be here in Boston, the Celtics are going to have to go to Plan B, C, D, E, and F. And I guarantee you that there are some guys like you know Love and Love and like you mentioned Griffin. Uh, those are those are great Plan Bs. You know if you can get one of those guys. Um, they'll absolutely, you know, do some do some work to make those numbers work, instead try well, you know flip picks along. You know, you still get all your picks, so that's the good thing about. You
0: might wonder, you might wonder if Cleveland actually wishes they had Wiggins instead anyway, right? And one way to sort of make good on that, if the Celtics landed one of the top picks, would be to grab somebody like Ingram and and flip, you know, Kevin Love. I'm not sure that I would want to do that trade. Uh, I've soured on Kevin Love, but when we talk about outside shooting and we talk okay. about a position that doesn't disrupt what's already in place and probably Kevin Love would be one of those scenarios where you wouldn't have to give up maybe anybody in the rotation that you're really excited about, like a Bradley or a, a Crowder to be able to bring back Kevin Love. You know, you you bash some salaries with a pick like that. You might be able to pry him away and, and it could potentially – meet a need for the Celtics and it would be I would consider it to be you know uh, a step forward not the step forward that puts them in the Eastern Conference Finals or anything but um, I'm going to take a little pun here but certainly Kevin Love might have a little chip on his shoulder where he playing definitely. against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals next year.
1: Yeah definitely but I think the Cavs at the same time like they don't want to go backwards so if they're getting rid of Love they're not going to take on you're not going to take kicks back and you know a couple of young guys because they want to, you know, unless they're going to do something with that salary that they. they got
0: cap space,
1: right? Unless they, they have
0: cap space,
1: right? They're going to have to go. They're going to have to know, you know, have a good idea that, you know, this, you know, player X is going to want to come here, and that's the LeBron factor. A lot of guys obviously want to play with LeBron because they know how far he can get them. If that's the case, then yeah, absolutely, the Cavs would be. I think they'd be interested in Garrett Love um, because, assuming they don't, you know, win the finals this year, which they could, not going to roll it out because. LeBron is that type of player this, in this postseason right now. If they don't, I think there's going to be some clamoring. You know, what can we do to improve our chances? They don't want to get rid of Kyrie. I mean, you can't get rid of Kyrie. He's just such a great young talent over there. I think love has trouble fitting in at times. And I, I, and I know a lot of people have soured on him, including you, just said you did. But I think him here in Boston with Brad Stevens, you know, getting the most of him, can get back to what people thought of him before, sort of the little mini fallout he had um, um, last season in Cleveland. I really do think that he's got a lot to offer. I mean, the guy is still a double double machine. Does play a little soft at times. We saw Jared Zellinger work him on more than one occasion. I think he'd need to maybe toughen up, uh, especially on the de- obviously on the defensive end and down low. But those are things that when you're here when you're here with the Celtics, that seems to be contagious. You know, it seems like they're feeding off of each other. Um, on that defensive end, and you got to think that um, Love would ha- would buy into that. So I, I, I'm still pretty high on on Love. I would absolutely um, make a make a move, or you know, make a serious play to try to get him, um, you know, and along the line, you know, just as much as I would if I was trying to get um, Griffin or you know the, the next the next big name. I think that that would be great for them. I'd rather try to trade for Love than than try to just tr- address that uh, issue in the draft
0: yeah well, I will agree with that, and I'll also say, you know while I've soured on him, he really does fit Stevens' system. I mean Stevens almost likes to, to work in a little bit of that Princeton offense, not so much the cutters, but definitely the spacing and allowing the penetration of the guards and really the whole league is is doing that. If I were to rank who I thought was the most tradable or the most likely to be traded. I know you said I don't think, you know, the guards isn't obvious, but I don't think that anybody wants to trade Crowder. Usually the guys you don't want to trade are the ones that you have to trade. Yeah. So I think my order would go uh, Bradley's the most likely to trade it because he's the easy unfortunately he's not the easiest to lose, but he's the easiest to replace if you follow. And then I think Crowder's number two and I think the third most likely to be traded is Sully in a side-in trade. I think his number is up here, but I don't think other teams don't think he brings value. The unfortunate thing for the Celtics is they have to get rebounding back. He was really their best rebounder. Johnson did a nice job at the very end of the season. He seemed to sort of kick the uh, kick the shoes off of his plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. And and really was able to perform at a different level. There's also my theory that maybe he was kind of saving it because the last thing he wanted as a veteran was to not be available in the postseason. So I don't want to say he took it easy, but I think he never pushed himself during the regular season for fear that it it could really flare up and and never um, never improve well enough by the postseason. I think he's pretty savvy at this point to listen to his body and how to pace himself just right. So those are my three. But I also want to – somebody kind of will transition the conversation because I want to go to a review of the five players that either are options or whatever for the team that may or may not be coming back with this club. But I want to put a very simple spin on it because people are like, well, it it depends on what the Celtics do. I just want to erode that. you know. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, I want everybody back. I want everybody back. That's not the case for me, though. So I want to uh, I want to go down a list of the, of the five what I would consider major players back and forth as we close out this show, and you just tell me if you'd like to have them back if the circumstances are such that there that there's any kind of position that would be available to them do you really want them back I mean I know everybody said oh what a lovable crew what a lovable crew and everybody's got a home here but yeah. I don't think that's entirely true so let's start we'll start at the top of the list since we just talked about Amir Johnson. Um, and then we'll close it with Sully, since those are the two names that just came up. But let's start with Amir Johnson. Uh, do you want him back? And you can put it in the context of, do you want him back for $12 Because that's a known, right? If he comes back, you know you're spending $12 million on Amir Johnson. Do mm-hmm. you want Amir Johnson back with the Celtics next season?
1: So, it's, I, I, do, I do and I don't. So, I do in the sense that it's on a one-year deal. So there's not a long-term commitment there. If you are, let's say you strike out in the first couple of days of free agency, now you know. Okay, well we need we need to fill our cap for next for next season, but we don't want to sign a guy that we're not in love with long-term and, and sort of us going forward. In that sense, I would sign him uh, to that. I'd pick up that one-year option for I believe it's twelve million. It's a lot of money, but with the salary cap going up, it's not, you know, it's not crazy, crazy money. Um, is he worth 12 million? No, uh, I think he's pretty lim- obviously pretty limited on the offensive end. Um, he does provide you that you know rim presence down down low on the defensive end, but generally speaking, I would say 12 million for Johnson is you know too much. But I understand why they would bring him back once they value once they gauge uh, free agency. Uh, I would say overall no.
0: Okay, interesting. That's a guy I, I do want to bring back, and I think the $12 million uh, before this offseason was probably overpaying for him. I think in the new collective bargaining agreement and the TV media deal and everything mm-hmm. else, that $12 million is decent, and I don't see the Celtics being able to make a move to really shore up and address that center position, and I think Johnson even coming off the bench uh, actually would perform better, so if they were able to bring somebody in at center, I still like Having somebody who can play good team defense, I agree with you, the offense is an issue. But I like Johnson coming back. I even like him coming back at $12 million for the reason you said right at the outset. Well, it's a one-year deal. I, I don't think that the Celtics are going to end up in a position where they're going to be able to utilize every last salary cap dollar. As a matter of fact, I think part of their stance is to leave that, some of that money available for next offseason so that right. they can tweak some things because I don't think they're going to be able to do everything that us fans hope they will do. I don't think they're going to accomplish it all on draft night and over the summer. And even if they did, if there was no money, then sure, you don't bring Johnson back, but I want him back. I think he brings good depth. I'd love to have an upgrade over him, but I think it's unlikely we'll have an upgrade. And even if we did, I think 12 million million's okay for, you know, a nice veteran, good locker room presence. He can rebound when he's healthy. And uh, you know I think he would be even better coming off the bench with limited minutes, and he might actually earn that twelve million as well, uh, just bolstering. Next player we got to go to John Durebko.
1: Real quick. quick. Oh, do it. I do. I do like. I mean, I do like what he adds to the team. And I and I obviously if they can't find anybody, I think you do have to bring him back. But I'm looking at you know if they really want to make make a splash, like what about like Hassan Whiteside? If you go out there and you give Hassan Whiteside some serious dough, you know you're not going to bring back Johnson. So, I mean, that, and, and Hassan Whiteside, he's an unrestricted free agent. If they're serious about a rim protector, like they you know, like they say they, you know, like teams are, uh, you know, interested in a guy like that, I mean, Whiteside can change the game single-handedly just with his, you know, presence down low on the defensive end. So if you can go out there and you can throw some money at Whiteside, bring him up here. Now, I'm not saying, you know, there's no reason to believe that, you know, I have no reason to believe that they are interested or that they do want to, but if they, but if they do... And that's when you would say, you know, thanks for that one year of basketball, Johnson. If they can't get something like that, I'd be on board with, with bringing him back. That's
0: really interesting, too, because you're taking a high-character guy like Johnson and you're plugging in a, a lower, well, reportedly character issue, almost like a DeMarcus Cousins but worse, in Hassan Whiteside. So I like your angle. I think you've got to take talent and you've got to put him in front of Brad Stevens, and mm-hmm. he's got to do his job and manage the locker room. And I think we're going to table this one because that might actually start to become you know, a, a point of debate or an option. And once we figure out where they land in the draft and how things lead up to, to the offseason, I think, I think maybe that Hassan Whiteside versus you know Amir Johnson character versus performance debate yep. could be a pretty good one to dive into. Let's go to Jonas Durebko. Do you want him here or not?
1: I would take him back um, because I don't think Evan Turner is going to be back. And I think if you can't have Evan Turner, um, you need a, some you need some versatility after the bench. I'm not saying that Jarebko plays all of the same positions that Turner does, but there is some versatility there. He's not making a lot of money. He's only got one more year left. I really like what I saw from him in the playoffs when he started to get a bigger role. Um, he can hit the outside shot on occasion. You know, He at least makes defenders commit to him. Um, I like his attitude, um, and I think uh, I think he's a contributor. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to make or break your team, but you do need, you need guys like that on a winning team. You need guys that you can dip to, you know, seven, eight deep into your bench.
0: Yeah, and Jarebko seems to perform even when he's had no minutes for an extended period of time yep. before he all of a sudden is out on the floor. I have to go to the Atlanta Hawks series and just say, that he absolutely mitigated the loss of Sullinger in the rebound department. That was a huge, huge lift for this team. He's the senior statesman, but he's still young. I would love to see him be that seventh, eighth man for this club for many, many years to come. I think he's solid, dude. He's a pro, great attitude, and and can be counted on most of the time when he's called on. And he hits that three ball. We just talked about the shooting being an issue. So he's a guy that if he were given extended minutes, would would also get into a groove and and hit his three pointers at a much higher rate. I like him. I think I think he fits today's game, and I think he fits no matter what happens with this team in terms of moves. He's an absolute no brainer. What now? You just said Evan Turner, so he's the logical next conversation. I'm just going to go out and say I like Evan Turner coming back for two reasons. One, if the Celtics don't make a lot of upgrades um, to that position, then I think they need a guy. He was a closer for this squad. He was able to get buckets down the stretch in many games, and I loved that. And the second reason I'd like to have him back is that if they do wind up making a bunch of consolidation trades, then I think they could use a Swiss Army knife, ball-handling guy, and I think he performs and is dedicated to Brad Stevens. I like that, the way that they work together. I know everybody says, oh, he's going to get paid too much, and that's why he's not going to come back. I'm not sold on that. I think he will take not a huge discount – but I think he will be willing to take a discount and fit into the Celtics' plan and be able to come back. So I like him coming back, even though he doesn't shoot the three ball, which is one of the hugest issues with this club. What do you think on Evan Turner?
1: I don't think he's going to take much of a discount because <clears throat> he already took a huge discount in his second contract. I mean, he played here for pretty much peanuts the last two years. So. And he's even said like he's trying to get paid. That being said, he's not going to go to just – I don't think he's, that means he's going to go to the, just the team, you know, blindly go to the team that pays him the most money. But I do think money is, you know, he's very conscious of the fact that he's trying to make some money on this deal because of the way his second deal um, came about. Um, I like Evan Turner a lot, I, and I've always been driving the Evan Turner bandwagon, even last year. Um, there was a lot of a lot of Evan Turner haters, I would say, in Celtics Nation. There's a lot of them. Uh, I think they, I think he converted most of them, if not all of them, uh, by the end of this season. I like what he gives them. He's, like you said, he's a closer. He can handle the ball. He play multiple positions. Brad Stevens absolutely loves him. It almost seems like he's his favorite player in the entire NBA, and that's why I think there is more of a chance that Evan Turner comes back than there would be uh, if not for how much Brad Stevens likes him. That said, I just see another team giving him a little too much money. If the Celtics are going to re-up all these guys, I mean, they're never going to make that giant leap. Uh, I, I love what. Turner gives them I think he's important to what they did this year. Obviously he he was, you know, their he was their sixth man. He was, you know, in the running for sixth man of the year for a bit there. But I don't think you can give your I don't think you can give him, you know, thirteen million a year. I, I just think I think that's a little too high. Um I think that if they can't replace him with um, somebody better or somebody better for, for a more year. Yeah. No, he I mean, yeah, like they're gonna take a hit in that department if he leaves and they can't find somebody. Um, you know, if, if, even if they pay more money for somebody to do that, they think's a better player. That's fine, but if they can't find somebody and they let him walk, that's gonna be big because he was a closer for them. Brad Stevens went to him down the stretch. You know, tons of times this season. All
0: right, uh, so let's go to Tyler Zeller. I'll go ahead and give you my take on Tyler Zeller because it's pretty simple. I love the guy. I'd love to have him back, but I don't want him back. And the reason I don't want him back is I think Kelly Olynyk and even a guy like Jordan Mickey Tyler just isn't integral enough to their success that you can't lose him. And he deserves an opportunity to play somewhere else. And the Celtics have got to figure out what they have in Jordan Mickey and Kelly Olynyk needs to get tons of minutes so that he can become a more aggressive NBA player. Um, I it's not it would be good for depth. And if you if you I suppose. If you don't bring a Johnson back, then there's plenty of room for, for Zeller to be in the depth chart at that position for sure. But I'm going to go with no, I don't want him back uh, because they either solve the center position or they bring Johnson back anyway. And I think we've got a roll with some of these younger guys getting a ton of minutes and it's not fair to Zeller to be just sitting at the, at the end of the bench and I don't think he's going to take it for another year. So I'm going to go with no to Zeller, but not as, not as a shot to his ability or his attitude, because there's lots to love about Tyler Zeller. I just don't think he fits into the, the plans or what the Celtics should be doing to develop players at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I think uh, they got away from using him clearly uh, this season after I thought it was a bit of a breakout year last year. The skill is obviously there. Uh, you know, He's you know a 7-footer who can hit that 18-foot jump shot. Um, he's a good free-throw shooter. Um, he checks off a lot of boxes, but they're not going to pay, you know, they're not going to pay for him to come back uh, because, like you said, he's he, starting not to really fit into what they're doing.
0: All right, Sullinger, this, we'll close on this one, and uh, we're just about out of time, but I know the Sully conversation could take us 30 minutes if we wanted to dive into it. But <laughs> what's your take on Sully? Do you, do you want him back, um, and uh, yes or no, and why?
1: Uh, no, don't want him back. Um, I think he's a cool dude. Uh, I enjoy, you know, working with him and, and all those things. But the weight can always always be an issue. Uh, a lot of people think that that was a big reason why he fell off down the stretch. I don't necessarily know if that's the case in the Hawks here. I think the Hawks just were a bad matchup for him. He couldn't handle, uh, you know, the Horfords and the Millsaps. Not many people can. Um, but if you look back to this season, he was a really dependable player for them. Uh, he was one of the more consistent guys. One of the more consistent guys, definitely the most consistent big all year. And um, you know, I I think he had a good season. I think somebody will give him uh, more money than the Celtics are willing to give him. I think maybe they've kind of, they may have, you know, they they may they may be fed up with you know trying to get him to beat a certain weight or trying to get him to you know keep his conditioning at a certain point. So that they might just say, hey, you know, thanks for the four years. Appreciate what you did, yeah, yeah. But you know, we're going in a different direction. Good luck.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to miss him. I'll be honest with you; I don't like his attitude. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, there's just something about he's got he's got a little bit of Kendrick Perkins in him. You know, when he's on the court with the whining, and mm-hmm. you know, there are times when you don't see him hustle down the floor because he's too busy pleading his case. I just can't stand that. Um, that you know, it's got the It's got a Manny Ramirez effect on me in terms of just making my face go to disgusted face. At the same time, I think they're going to miss him. I think it's definitely, if they don't make an upgrade at that position, uh, there are definitely stages and, or not stages, but there were uh, stretches through this past season where he was awesome. And I was loving what he was giving the team. I do think they'll miss him if they don't bring in, you know, a stud at the four. But I think it's one of the – I think that this one is a better cut bait scenario. And, heck, if they can do a sign-and-trade and get some value out of it, Danny's always been masterful at that. So you just never know that that they might be able to work out a deal versus him just going and signing something straight out. Um, it just kind of depends. So we'll have to see. That, that may be on the lower likelihood, uh, but, but it is a possibility they might be able to get some value out of it. If not, I still think they're better off cutting bait. But I think it does hurt him. It does hurt him a little bit. Remember last year, uh, because of all the conditioning, he wasn't even cracking the rotation starting the year, and very soon he was in that starting lineup. Um, and and yeah. really, I mean that David Lee was horrendous, and and thanks to that, him, well, really the Lee and Zeller combo were horrendous, and that really gave Sullinger an opportunity. That's when you expected Sully to say, "I finally earned it." I had this chip on my shoulder, and I'm never letting this go again. But he left the door open. If they had, if he had any serious competition on this roster, and this is why I'm going to go to attitude, if he had any serious competition on this roster, he very easily could have lost that starting nod uh, multiple times throughout the year because he tends to come in waves, um, and he yep. tends to disappear from games. And I, that that's something I just don't think the Celtics can tolerate long term.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of sums up, um, you know, the idea that you you want the Celtics to improve, you hope they can, they might miss him if they can't, but you're looking for better, I think that kind of sums up, like, the Celtics team. It's like so many guys in this team are, yeah, he's a good player. You know, you, you like to have him back, but you're okay if he goes. I feel like that's so many guys on this team. That's why they are where they are sort of in, in that middle, you know, into that they're, they're probably on the fringe of one of the top, You know they're a top ten team. They're probably somewhere around you know maybe twelve or something right now, because that's up so much of their roster is guys that you like, guys that are good, but you're looking to improve. If you can, you might miss them. If you know, you might still miss them, but you're always looking to improve. That I think that's pretty much almost everybody on this team, and I think that's the attitude the Celtics have is that they're just looking to improve. They like they like some of these guys. They probably don't want to have to trade some of these if some of these guys if they do because they like him, but you can't win a championship with with the, with the this current roster. So if you are looking to make serious improvements this offseason or in the next two years, it's not going to be, you know, the team that wins the NBA championship is going to have to look different than the team that you're looking at right now. And that's the guys like Steli. Yeah. You like them, but you don't love them, and you're looking to improve.
0: Yeah, I think that is a lot of players on this team, Thomas, Bradley, Crowder, withstanding. And at the end of the day, the problem with those players is that they they don't often return much in trade. They don't hold a lot of trade value. And you're better off moving them out of the way and bringing in somebody who can maybe not play quite as well, but generate some buzz on the trade market if they're going to make some consolidary uh, or to make some moves to consolidate the talent on this roster, there's got to be a buzz around the player. And Sully just never really generated that kind of buzz, and it just kills his trade value. We want to get guys like Jordan Mickey who might, and I, again, it could be the Sully scenario all over again, but it's time to move on. It's time to bring in somebody like Jordan Mickey and see if he can create a buzz and have value in trade if you want to upgrade at that position. And then, you know, the absolute home run swing on that is, a player that, that moves into that spot and only creates trade value and buzz, but actually earns a starting nod and is a legit player in the starting lineup for a championship contending team long term. And you don't find those things out unless you let guys get get minutes. So I think Sully's an easy one to move on. You have a great take on that, Jimmy. We're going to close out the show. But everybody, Jimmy Toscano joining me, co-hosting in John Duke's absence. You can follow him on Twitter at Jimmy underscore Toscano, and you can also read him at the Metro Boston. Really, uh, huge to have you on the show, uh, Jimmy, and I appreciate you taking an hour, you know, on, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. It'll release Monday morning, but I appreciate you taking an hour out of your weekend to kind of sit down and and prep up a little bit for what's about to become a very, very busy, busy off season. at least in terms of debate, and I'm sure a lot of fans are going to have ruffled feathers just because there's so many angles that we can talk about, and the first domino to fall is where is the Celtics lottery, going, lottery pick going to end up, and we find out Tuesday night. Tuesday
1: night, I'm going to be locked in onto that entire half-hour um, extravaganza. I'm going to be at the edge of my seat. I don't even know I don't even know what I'm, what, I'm look, what I'm looking for. It's one of those things where it's like you don't even know sometimes you know, what you want. You know, obviously, you want the one. You're hoping for the two. But you don't know which player the Celtics want. You don't know who they're If they end up with one, you don't even know who they're going to take. It's just you want to put yourself in the best position possible to you know, improve. And that's the, num- that's the first step. Uh, it, it's the first step in what's going to be a busy offseason. I, 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 I love uh, chatting with you. I want to come back on. Let's do this again after the lottery. Yes. Maybe let's do it again. Uh, you know, before, definitely before uh, free agency. Uh, you know, we gotta we gotta rehash. You know, what the Celtics can now do. Do they? Do they? You know, do they think about flipping the flipping the pick before the draft? Do they? Do they make the pick on draft day because there's too many? You know, question marks surrounding other teams. You know, these are all questions that we're gonna that we're gonna have to keep asking, and we're gonna have to sort sort this whole thing out. Yep, yeah, we're
0: definitely going to do that. Um, we're going to have you back on. We are going to sort it through. You did a really nice job on the show. And, uh, you know, I always appreciate your contributions. I remember you getting your start with Celtics blog. Uh, we loved having you on the post-game shows and on the yeah. show. I know I took a little bit of a hiatus, but it's nice to be back. It's nice that, again, you're given some time to join the show. I think we had, you know, we made a lot out of a little, but I'll tell you what. On Tuesday night, I'm thinking um, I'm preparing for the worst and sleeping on the best. And uh, I'm going to yeah. say the Celtics, I already know it. I know it in my heart. They're going to wind <laughs> up with the fifth overall pick again. I, I know they can slide as far down as six. I'm not going that bad. I'm telling you, though, it's just I can just feel it. We're going number five. But I'm not sold on the top six picks in this draft being that much separation. I'm not saying there isn't separation because there is. But I'm not sure it's as great as some years where, you know, it's not the Odin-Durant year, uh, right. you know, where it was so clear. Uh, I do think Simmons and Ingram are clear choices for one and two. But, you know, long-term, is Ingram going to be definitely better than a Jalen Brown? You know, and you've got the Dragon Bender. It could be Porzingis. He could be Darko Milicic. You never know. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking gonna be we're going to nightmares here. I know. I know. I'm going with five. I'm going with five, and you know, if they trade it, it'll be what it'll be. And if they don't trade it, I don't think it'll be as bad as it sounds. But we're gonna wrap the show. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as clnsradio.com. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the show. Just remember, you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love for you to give us a rating or even better, a review because your feedback is important to us. It's how it's how we improve the show. And a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Loot Crate. Please support our sponsors. If you're already into gamer gear, then you've got a, or if you're already with a subscription service, just move it over to Loot Crate. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS. Give us some credit. For the fact that you're supporting the show, let our sponsors know that you support the show and support their product because uh, they have a great deal for all of you listeners. But most importantly, not only would you be supporting the show, but you'd be supporting the entire CLNS radio network. Go to Loot Crate, use the promo code CLNS, and save $3 on your subscription. A big thanks to the loyal CLNS radio audience who makes it all worthwhile For staff writer Eddie Santiago, program director Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host this week, Jimmy Toscano, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week for another edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
1: Celtic Stuff Live.